It's time to wrap it all up on the finale, episode 34 of... Go for Gaijin. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. See you guys soon. Hello, Internet. (laughs) I've got a lot to talk about, so just like a hooker you're paying by the minute, let's jump right into it. A few weeks ago, I was in the office cafeteria eating lunch. There were about six Japanese women at the same table as me. I was just sitting there reading my iPad, and I hear, like, kind of giggling and sort of, like, uh, and I look up, and they were trying to get my attention, mostly non-verbally, but there were a couple, like, ahem, ahem sort of things. And they started speaking Japanese, and it became clear to me that they were asking me where I was from, and their first guess was Germany. So I said, And they were like, And then I proceeded to tell them that I am a Judaijin, a Jew. And if I was German, I would never have been born because my relatives were murdered by the Nazis during this little thing called the Holocaust. And they continued to, oh, oh, soldiers, oh, oh, oh. And uh, I think maybe they were just being polite, um, but it seemed almost like they didn't know what I was talking about. But I think they did. And again, they were just like, oh, we asked him a question. Now we have to listen to him rant. Oh, boy. Continuing this theme of unnecessary and unwarranted explanation. Over Christmas, we were meeting a lot of Japanese people. All of them dress in like the Santa outfits and get really into it. And we would kind of sing carols on the street, even though we don't know what the hell we're doing. So it's just like, I hear those sleigh bells. Ding a ding, ding 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 Like people were just joining in. And I wish you a and just like people on the street were getting really happy and like handing out candy and jumping with joy. It was kind of nuts. But I made a habit of trying to explain. And I also did this with coworkers. I am Jewish and Jesus actually was also Jewish. And people are like shocked. And like, I, like my coworkers did not believe me that Jesus was Jewish. Like they just had no idea, which I kind of found sort of surprising. Not that Japanese people care or should care, but Speaking of Japanese people not caring but sort of caring about Christianity, I went to my first and, let's face it, probably last Japanese wedding a few days ago. My co-worker finally had his actual, like, wedding ceremony. He and his wife had been married for a couple years, but they didn't really do anything for it, and so this was, like, the chance to do kind of a formal big to-do. And they got married at this Italian villa-style place not too far from the Shinkansen station in Osaka, near Esaka-Eki, at this place called Mia Via. it was a beautiful place, and they got married in a church that was on the premises by an African-American priest who spoke half in English, half in Japanese, sang Amazing Grace during the ceremony in like a beautiful falsetto, very surreal, but nobody there was at all Christian. To be honest, I could easily do an entire episode on the wedding, but I just really don't have time, and it's okay, it's not that interesting, but there were multiple costume changes, there was no dancing at all, just a little bit of like rehearsed choreography to a J-pop song they hired some professional dancers, I think, for this part, and then the bride had rehearsed some with them, and it was ridiculous. Awesome. During the cocktail hour, there were a number of different speeches. Apparently, it's tradition at Japanese weddings for the bride's boss and the groom's boss to each give separate lengthy speeches. So one of the guys from the office, who's also my boss, gave a long speech about the groom, and that was really cool. I understood, like, one in every 30 words, so that's not too bad. Also, the bride's college professor gave a speech, and, like, it was a huge laugh line when he said something and I think what he was trying to say is that she didn't really study that hard she was just so smart and that drew like the biggest laugh of the night 
I think that's enough about the actual wedding itself, but I do want to talk about the special envelope that you buy as an attendee of the wedding. It folds in a bunch of different ways, really kind of a cool thing. There's like a ribbon on it and a whole sheet of paper on the front and then also an envelope inside of the thing which you fold around it. That was a horrible description, but I think you understood what I mean. Or, you know, Google it or whatever. But you have to write your name vertically, both on the outside sheet of paper on top of the thing and on the envelope that you put inside of that thing where you wrap it up around this is the worst description ever please google it and i had to write my name vertically in japanese lettering and that was kind of like an enormous challenge to me and then when you put the money inside the envelope which is inside of the thing that gets folded around it <laughs> when you put the money in there you have to put the money in a certain way and there's like a specified amount of money you got to give depending on how you know the groom or how you know the bride or whatever and so i like you know it was very clear to like comply with all these rules or whatever and i also added 18 yen in Japanese coins because I like to give kai because I am a dirty kai in the year I've been doing Gopher Gaijin, I've actually gotten quite a number of emails and letters and tweets, and I thought it might be cool to maybe read one of these at random. I mean, it's tough being a podcast celebrity, but let's see what one of these things says here. Get a life, you fucking loser. I hope you die. Okay, well, that okay. <laughs> Okay, I don't think we need to read the rest of that, but um, now jokes aside, I actually really did get an email, and I want to give a huge shout-out to Yuichiro Suzuki, a Japanese expat who's now living in San Diego, who actually sent me an email, um, and he told me he found the podcast accidentally on iTunes, but he has been listening religiously. That's a quote. And Yuichiro, that means a lot to me, man, for real. Thank you so much for reaching out and doing a little Facebook stalking, however the hell you found my email, and just thanks for being so fucking cool, man. Thank you very much, my brother from another mother. And now, in no particular order, the five best dishes I ate this year in Japan. First, we have the wild boar soup at the Iabijin Ryokan in the town of Miyoshi in Tokushima Prefecture on Shikoku Island. You should have seen the size of this thing. The bowl was the size of Lord Raiden's hat and they dangled it. They hung it from this thing that extended to the ceiling like a traditional way that these types of hot pots were served. And it had pieces of boar and onion and leek and potato and konyaku pasta and they make the konyaku at the Ryokan. And the actual soup broth was unbelievable. I actually told the like 50-something hostess or whatever, however old she was, Japanese woman, I told her in Japanese that I wanted to have sex with the soup. I said, Kono nabe no ryori to sexu o shitai desu. And I honestly thought she was going to die of shock because I think she thought I was being serious. And then once it became clear that I didn't literally want to have sexual intercourse with a bowl of soup, she started to laugh. Then there was this huge Japanese squid I had. I'm not sure what the name of the restaurant was, but it was somewhere near Hakata Station in Fukuoka on Kyushu Island. This squid was ginormous. It was probably like a foot and a half long. And first they brought the whole thing out in a huge part of it. Like most of it had been sliced into sashimi, which was great. And then after we finished, they made tempura out of the rest of the squid and served it with three kinds of salt, like a regular salt, a green tea salt, and a sesame salt. Next, there was the kurayaki at Marudaite in the Susukino neighborhood of Sur 
Sapporo on Hokkaido Island. There was a huge crab shell with all sorts of pieces of crab from all over the crab. It was like in a shell. It was like served in the shell. And they put some uni and a quail egg in there. And then they grilled it and mixed it together tableside for about 10 minutes. Like the woman came back a couple times and kept mixing it more. And I was like, is it ready? She's like... Five more minutes. And then after I ate it, it was obviously awesome. They poured some sake into the shell and grilled it again for like five minutes. And then they poured the sake, which had a bunch of leftover crab pieces and like residue. They poured that stuff into an ochoko sake cup for me to like lightly just chill out and sip. I also had the house special okonomiyaki at this restaurant called Don Quixote near my office. The owner of the place is like a huge classic rock fan, loves kiss i just kind of stumbled upon this place but an okonomiyaki is like a savory osakan pancake it literally means grill what you like so you can put whatever you want this thing was like a frankenstein meets osaka monstrosity it had octopus shrimp squid chicken pork and a fried egg again that was all with a pancake and all of it was smothered in seaweed salt and bonito flakes and scallion and barbecue sauce and mayonnaise Every single bite of it was awesome. Like, usually you have, like, some big to-do, and it's like, oh, it's not actually that good. It just kind of sounds good. This thing was unreal. Then there was the Hokkaido deer steak. I had at Fujia 1935, a Michelin three-star restaurant in Osaka. I mean, everything at this place was incredible. 15 courses, you know, the chef. It's, like, fourth generation, just amazing like honestly I'm, I'm having trouble suppressing an erection just thinking about this meal but specifically the venison was a standout i also want to give a special shout out to my favorite ramen restaurant a place called cliff ramen right by osaka castle they make everything in-house including all of the noodles and wontons the kinds of broth there's a bunch of them the roast char siu pork and the chicken meatballs and all of the pickles and other garnishes incredible place Strong recommendation coming from me. And finally, food-wise, special, special, special shout-out for my favorite restaurant in all of Japan. A place called Trebon, like the French for very good. It's in America Mora in Osaka. Chef Mitsuru and 83-year-old Dominique, a.k.a. Papa, a.k.a. Hefe-san, operate the place every day except Wednesday. Just the two of them from noon to 11 p.m., Nobody else is there. It's always packed. There's like 12 seats maybe. Everything's amazing from Mitsuru's simple sautéed eggplant and pumpkin dishes to his unique take on Osakan delicacy tompeyaki, basically just a bacon omelet with barbecue sauce and mayo on top of it, to the chicken knuckles or nankotsu, to the always perfectly cooked and seasoned okonomiyaki, homemade dashi every day, Everything is breathtakingly delicious. I'm convinced their most famous dish, the chicken hearts, are so good that they could convert a vegetarian. I've probably eaten there like 20 times this year, no joke, and I really just can't say enough good things about this place. Neither of them, Mitsuru or Papa, listen to this piece of shit podcast, but if they did, I would want them to know how special they were to me, and I'll be sure to tell them in my shitty Japanese before I leave. Okay, honest reflections. I can't believe it's been a year, man. Like, I still have so many unanswered questions. The podcast has basically accomplished nothing. Surprise, surprise. But seriously, anytime I thought I'd figured something out about Japan, I would soon realize that I had actually just opened a new door into more confusion. But I, I grew to love that on some level. Every day was an adventure with surprises around every turn. 
I'm gonna miss a lot of things about Japan. The freshness of the fish and seafood, the incredibly reliable and clean public transit, the enthusiasm for baseball, department store food halls, the folks from the small towns in Japan for whom I might as well be Leonardo DiCaprio, my kind and generous co-workers, and of course, Japanese hippies. But there were also a lot of things that were really frustrating about Japan, many of which are admittedly attributable to my complete lack of preparedness or other more practical factors, like my inability to communicate or to purchase shoes or dress shirts in my size, but some of which are not so easily explained away, like the unmitigated fear or blinding shyness that prevents many Japanese people from speaking English, even if they can clearly see that someone, namely me, desperately needs their help and they're able to provide it. The persistent double standard I faced, where sometimes I just couldn't go into certain restaurants or bars because it was busy or a reservation was needed, even if all visible evidence pointed to the contrary. The Japanese people's recurring and incomprehensible inability or unwillingness to quote unquote think outside the box. And last but not least, the overwhelming seriousness that accompanied the vast majority of my workplace and personal interactions in Japan. But I think now is as good a time as any for me to say that I love this fucking country. Japan. We weren't always best friends, and I've definitely had my moments where I've said some things about you that I regret. But the more I learned and the more experiences I had and the more parts of you I saw, the more I realized how beautiful and unique and fascinating you are. Keep on being you, Japan. I mean that. And keep on being you, Japanese people. I mean that too. Now's the time of the show where I usually say goodbye to everybody and I thank everybody for listening, but I'm not going to do that now because I actually have some extremely important news about my life, not only in Japan, but my life generally. And it's really important that I tell you everything.